your Locked On Panthers, your daily podcast on the Florida Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. the Friday, July 23rd edition of Locked On Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. This is a daily podcast where we talk about all things Florida Panthers. I'm Armando Velez from pantherparkway.com. You can follow me on Twitter at MondoMan12. You can follow the show account at LO underscore FLA Panthers. You can follow the national show, Locked On NHL, and the Crosscheck NHL show with Andrew Berkshire and Mary Clark. Will they be reviewing the expansion draft, the upcoming NHL entry draft, and all of free agency? And today's episode is brought to you by Spotify Green Room. Download the Spotify Green Room on the iOS App Store and find one of our locked on rooms. Spotify Green Room is still changing the way we talk sports. So we, tonight is the NHL entry draft. We just had a an expansion draft. Still a lot of hockey stuff going on. It, despite the Stanley Cup final being over for about almost three weeks. Uh, and after this month, we're going to hit a little bit of a dead period in, the, in as far as hockey news. But in the meantime, we have a lot of hockey to talk about. And I am very pleased to welcome now the third time on this show from WPLG Local 10 and the Chirping the Cats podcast. It is David Dwork. David, how are you, buddy? I'm doing well, Mondo. Good to be back. Thank you for coming. And uh, I want to ask you, how has your has how has your offseason been ever since the Panthers have uh, been eliminated? It's been almost two months since the, the Florida Panthers played their last game. Yeah, it's it's crazy that it's been that long. Um, I think for me, once the season ended, I kind of unplugged for for a couple weeks, uh, got a little bit of uh, caught up on sleep. Uh, just uh, just really hung out, watched a lot of Law and & Order, and <laughs> did like, you know, just kind of nothing for a little while. Um, but it's great, you know, as you said, it's, it's getting busy again, um, you know, with uh, the expansion draft and, you know, free agency coming up, the draft coming up tonight, um, and, and all that good stuff. Uh, I feel like it's it's going to kind of just get us steadily back into the swing of things. And, and I know for you, I know you're a big Dolphins fan like I am. Not, I know this is a hockey podcast, but, it, you know, the hockey is going to get us to training camp. Dolphins training camp will get us into the season. And then the next thing you know, Panther season will be started and we'll be in heaven once again. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I, I have something to distract me a little bit while while the hockey is not going on. Unfortunately, I, I wish I wish the Marlins were any good right now to to have something great to cheer for. But hey, uh, hopefully they have a successful trade deadline to rebuild that farm system. I mean, their, their farm system is great as it is as far as pitching, but hopefully they do something as far as to like improve the hitting aspect of it. But yeah, let, let's get to, let's, let's do that hockey as they say. Let's do that hockey. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as far as, as 
what are your overall thoughts on the expansion? It was, I, I feel like it was so anticlimactic, as, as you know, with the reports earlier, but I want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, in terms of the reports, I mean, I don't really have a problem with it. Uh, you know, I feel like guys mm-hmm. are doing their job. If if the league didn't want that, then you make the the list due and you make the signings due and you do the show a minute later and you just do it all in the moment. So there's no chance for the leagues to get out. Otherwise, you're just kind of, you know, it's a product of uh, the, the society that we live in that, you know, we have these amazing reporters and we've got these ways like Twitter for you to have instant access to people and no, I thought it was fun, like, you know, scrolling on your phone all day and checking Twitter and seeing who's reporting what. And I mean, for me, I really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. You know, we don't get to do it very often. You know, who knows when we're going to get a chance to do it again. Um, not that it's a bad thing because it was, you know, you get the stress. What player am I going to lose? And I guess in that element, uh, you know, trying to segue into the Panthers part of the expansion draft. I mean, I feel like it's karma catching up with the Panthers in a good way after what happened in 2017 with Vegas and you lose not one, but two, not even important players, but top six forwards. It's kind of mind blowing that great for Vegas, not so Panthers. And, you know, obviously it didn't work out with protecting Alex Petrovic and, uh, and Mark Pissick, who, you know, we do love the Prius, but not necessarily an expansion protection player. Um, so now you, you fast forward to the Seattle draft. And the Panthers, all they lose is a player that wasn't going to come back anyway, you know, than Chris Dreeder. And it, it would have been great if they could have kept Dreeder because he's amazing. Uh, he's a spectacular goaltender and he's got a great future ahead of him. But, um, you know, they've got Bob locked up. They've got Spencer Knight, who appears to be ready to go. And there was just no room. So great for Dreeder, great for the Panthers that they didn't lose a Frank Vetrano or a Radko Gudis. And, uh, and yeah, let's roll with the off season now, but overall, I mean, I, I really enjoyed the expansion draft process. And even though we knew, you know, almost every pick or I guess all the picks ahead of the show, I still thought it was a good show. You know, it was mm-hmm. cool to see Dreeder come out with the, I mean, Jordan Eberle and all those guys, Giordano come out with the Seattle jerseys and to see all the fans. And I, I still enjoyed the whole thing. I thought the whole day was nice, you know, a nice, a nice little hockey morsel to drop into the middle of our summers. Yeah. Uh, in the middle of that, you answered actually one of uh, one of my questions that I had written down on your thoughts on the uniform. Those uniforms are awesome. I love. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a sucker for uniforms. Like, like when it comes to like cl- how 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 clean uniforms look. I, I like Vegas's uniforms. I love I love them. I love the. I also I also weirdly like the the Las Vegas Raiders uniforms. Weirdly, I think there's something about that silver and black that's very appealing. And even though I hate the Patriots. I think their uniforms are great. I think they have great uniforms, but I love the Patriots throwback with the, the guy hiking the football. Like, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think that's a cool uniform despite them being uh, an, an arch, an arch rival, but you mentioned Frank Petrano as a possible, as possible being lost in the expansion draft. And there was a few reports about possible side deals for Frank Petrano, but nothing has been said, but I don't think the Seattle Kraken are done with making moves, they have still over last time I checked, they had about $20 million in cap space. Still, even they were starting from scratch. So they're, they're still able to make some moves when, once free agency starts July uh, 28th. So wh- what do you think are the chances that Frank Vetrano stays around for the Florida Panthers? I think at this point, it's pretty, pretty good chance that the Panthers aren't going to be losing anybody else, particularly, you know, guys that are under contract already. Uh, you know, we spoke to Bill Zito, on uh, Thursday, uh, he did like his pre-draft media availability, 
And uh, the answers that he gave certainly indicated that he, the Panthers weren't losing anybody else. Uh, there weren't any side deals in place uh, that we, we probably would have found out about him by now anyway. But uh, I, the Panthers, they got pretty fortunate there uh, that they didn't have any. I mean, look, w- when I was thinking about the possibility of Frank Vetrano getting selected by Seattle or, you know, there being a side trade or whatever, I'm thinking back to a year ago, okay, when the Panthers – uh, Mike Hoffman gone, Evgeny Dadnov gone, and those you you could argue pretty good that both of those guys were a bit a bit more crucial to the lineup than a Frank Vetrano. You lost both of them, didn't skip a beat, had an even better season. So you know even if Vetrano would have been gone, which it doesn't look like anybody's going to be gone, but even if if that had happened, like this is team has shown that they can kind of overcome something like that. So I wasn't overly concerned. I like Frank Vetrano a lot. I think he's a fun guy. He's a very entertaining guy on and off the ice. Um, but ultimately, like this is a Panthers team that they've never, I don't know, in their existence that they've been in this good of a situation with their roster, with their farm system. And it, it's just like you want to take a moment and kind of bask in it. And I think, you know, Bill Zito said it when he said, I just can't get giddy when I think about our situation. Um, it, it's a great time. And, you, you know, you have to just hope that it continues on the path that it appears to be on. And that would mean next season, it is finally time to win a bleeping playoff round and, and, and make some hay in that regard. But I, really, like, I, I kind of transitioned to a different topic here talking about Fatrano, but I just think that this team is in a great spot. And, you know, having Frank is great, but even if they had lost him, I don't think it'd, it'd be that big of a deal. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I agree with you. The, and the, and the cap number and, and the cap number isn't strangleholding the team neither for Frank Vitano's contract making 2.5 million and he's going to be a UFA next, next year. So with, 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 there's also been reports of a possible strawman trade. Um, I don't see how he plays uh more than 60 games for the florida panthers he's he there's a time where he was on the taxi squad this this year though he did perform he did step up during the playoffs this year i i'm very i'm very thankful that that the veteran presence of strawman was there last time i checked there is a possible trade to arizona for for with anton strawman there's been rumors of garland being on the trade block for the for the coyotes uh what do you think are the chances of uh, Strawman being moved? And and the, and would you think that it would be an opportunity? Do you think that the Florida Panthers would have to retain salary if they were to move Strawman? Uh, if well, for all I, first, do I think Strawman's going to get traded uh, in in regard to the Arizona rumor? I mean, they did just pick up a Shane Goss bear today. Yes, so that that might have thrown a wrench into that if it was possible, which I, I had seen the reports. I had not heard that, you know, from any of my sources. Um, but I mean, I like the way that you, you said you, that Strawman picked it up late in the season. He's also a veteran guy that was very, he's very well liked in the locker room, very well respected early in the year. This is a guy who Q had on the number two power play. He was playing top four minutes, you know, almost always plays in the top four minutes. Um, he's the UFA after next year. And I think his cap hits like five and a half million. So I, I don't know if it's worth it to trade him and retain any salary. Why not just hang on to him? It's not like Florida is a team that's going to be cap strapped uh, this off season or next off season when Strawman and Patrick Hornquist both come off the books. And that's like 10 over almost 11 million in, uh, in cap space that you're going to be getting right there next season, which is going to help in when you're trying to extend Jonathan Huberto. Um, so really they're in a pretty good spot. And I think based on that, they're not strapped 
in the cap region right now that you hang on to Anton Strawman for the impact that he has on the team off and on the ice. And look, you have to hope that the guy he's been early last year, the guy he was late last year, that he can kind of pick up and be that reliable source of hockey. I don't know if there's much of a market for him right now because he's at that high five and a half million cap hit. Um, so I, you know, I don't really see it. And as I said, like, you know, why retain salary if you're not just going to retain the player when, you know, even if you go out and sign a defenseman for, you know, two and a half, three million, probably not going to be that much of a drop off from what Strawman can offer. And Strawman probably has got a higher ceiling based on what you know he can do, uh, particularly late in the season in the playoffs, which you saw it last year when he stepped it up. He was known to step it up, whether it was with Tampa or with the Rangers. He's a good playoff performer and he did it again with Florida. And this is the team hoping to, to make a playoff run next year. So a guy like Strawman, being that is UFA, you know, it's a good guy to have around. And then also being that he's UFA, it kind of gives him, throws an option into the trade deadline situation next season as well, depending on how the Panthers are season is going. If, you know, guys like Matt Kirstead or, you know, a Brady keeper or whoever might come up and, you know, challenge for ice time. So there, there's a lot of options that are going to be possible with Strawman down the line. Um, but and I just always go back to the fact that at the end of the day, he's UFA next year. Absolutely. And I think of, I think that I think of this one word, two, two words, actually values and leadership. And when I, Bill Zito, he doesn't necessarily have to say it out loud, but when it comes to his values for the team and when it comes to the leadership of the team, you, you see it of why he's keeping an Anton Stroman around for now and why he protected a player like Patrick Hornquist. And for a, for a team that is wanting to take, take that next step and they're hungry. The Florida Panthers are hungry to take that next step. It's great to have uh, the, the players who have won before who used to be rivals actually in Hornquist and Strawman uh, on, on, on the team. So I, I, I kind of, I kind of see wh why Bill Zito would want to have them and keep them around at least for this season. Yeah. And just kind of the backtrack for a second, what I said about Hornquist, he's UFA the following year. So they're not mm -hmm. going to have both of them coming off the books after next season, just Strawman. Um, but <clears throat> no, I mean, just kind of looking over, I've been really studying um, like the cap friendly Panthers page a little bit lately, just kind of looking at the big picture because, you know, you, you talk about that they're, they're hoping to extend uh, Sasha Barkov this summer and, you know, you would think even though he's the nicest guy in the world and he's not going to try to fleece every penny out of the Panthers, the guy is worth, you know, eight figure AAV. So is Jonathan Huberto. So you have to figure that that kind of money is going to get pushed in somewhere. Um, and, and the good thing about Bill Zito in that regard, in, in addition to the fact that he's kind of got a reputation out of Columbus as a very uh, staunch negotiator. So, you know, maximizing value in that way. But I mean, look at what he's been able to get out of guys like Carter Verhage, who you would think is going to get an extension when he goes UFA next year, or Anthony Duclair getting him at 1.7 last year and then signing him at 3 million for three, you know, 3 million per for three years this year. I mean, this is a guy who really knows how to get value out of contracts. Um, so in that regard, I want to see what he's going to be able to do with all this cap space and having to maneuver with the extensions of what we hope the extensions of Barkov and Huberto. Because those, both of those guys with Ekblad, this young core, none of them in their prime years yet, all in their mid-20s. You know, a player's best years of his career, generally like 28, 29, in that, in that, uh, in that time frame. None of these guys have gotten there yet. That's going to be their next contracts. And knowing how good they are now 
and what they could become. I mean, it, it's very exciting uh, in terms of the Panthers outlook right now. Absolutely. And the good thing about Huberto's contract is that is going to happen once Keith Yandel's not his buyout won't be off the books, but the majority of the money paid out to Keith Yandel will be off the books. So even if you extend Barkov starting next season, it's not gonna it's not gonna stranglehold the Panthers. And that's what I try to tell that's what I try to tell the listeners as well that even though Keith Yandel was bought out, it's not the end of the world. It's the worst case scenario, absolutely, but it's not gonna put a huge stranglehold on the Florida Panthers too much for for year two I, I i believe at this moment of time it's like 46 million committed to the 22 23 season and bill zito can still work around it as you said speaking of extensions we saw anthony duclair extended we saw gus forsling extended but the other big priority player to to get a an extension for this offseason is sam bennett what is there anything that you've heard on like the possible the possibility of of Sam Bennett being extended? Yeah, I think that's very much in uh, Bill Zito and his staff's plans. They the two sides have been in communication during the off season. Uh, they're hoping to come to terms on a deal. Both sides, Bennett wants to be here. They want to keep him here. There's no way that Bill Zito trades a, a guy who was just taken with the like the 40th pick and a second round pick for Bennett just for him to be a rental. Like Zito said last year, that wasn't the case. There was a long-term plan. Um, the last I, w- the last I heard from a source, which was about a week or so ago, the two sides uh, where they were having a trouble coming to terms was on the amount of the, the value of the contract. But uh, at that time it, they weren't too far off based on what I was told from this source. It's been about a week since then. So hopefully that they're slowly but surely getting towards a deal. I would expect it to be somewhere in three-ish AAV range, not that dissimilar from what Anthony Duclair got. Um, And hopefully for about three, four years is I think what they're shooting for. But um, I mean, you saw with Bennett, such a great two-way player, a perfect fit for what Joe Quenville was doing, added that sandpaper element that really wasn't so much in the top six. You know, you get a little bit from Patrick Hornquist, but you know, there wasn't really like that tough guy up there. Um, as much as, you know, Carter Verhey, you like to, to mix things up, um, or even Jonathan Huberto's at a little, you know, he likes to, to mix it up a little bit as well, but nobody that like you would expect to get in there and do some, some of the things that Sam Bennett was doing maybe to his detriment when you saw what happened in game, one of the Tampa series getting suspended. But I mean, big picture, that's the kind of guy that you want, uh, as he gets older and more mature, you would think he'd be able to hone in on that a little bit, kind of the way that we've seen Radko Gudis do during his career. Because the guy that Gudis is on the Panthers, he's tough as hell, but he's not doing anything stupid. And mm-hmm. I think as Sam Bennett gets a little bit older and matures, we'll see that from him as well. But I would expect a deal to get done, hopefully in the not too distant future. Um, but I, I would be shocked, shocked if Bennett is not in the Panthers uniform next year. I completely agree. And he's 25 years old. And you have two top four picks on your roster from the 2014 NHL entry draft. And you could, and I think about maximizing a player's value and coach Q did exactly that for Sam Bennett. And it's such a win-win to just giving up two seconds for that. Like you said, and I want to, I want to get to the, this one question. When was the last time, if, if you have any memory of it, that you could remember free agents desiring to possibly come to Florida in free free agency or via trade there. 
we've heard stuff of Gabriel Landis of the Colorado Avalanche. We've possibly heard Vladimir Tarasenko of the St. Louis Blues. We've possibly heard of a uh, Seth Jones from the Columbus Blue Jackets. What, do you ever remember a time where people desired had the desire to come possibly to Sunrise, Florida? Not the general hockey free agent that wants to come here. I mean, it, guys who have like a reason to want to come here, like, you know, like Evgeny Malkin wants to come here because his family lives down here. And like a lot of guys that have, you know, like a family personal connection to South Florida. But in terms of just, I'm a free agent, I'm looking for my best situation. I'm looking at the Panthers. No, that that's never really happened until now. But I mean, that's just the fruits of the labor of what, you know, and you, you give credit to Zito, but you also got to give credit to Dale Talon for planting those Barkov and Ekblad and Huberto seeds, because now these guys are really starting to blossom. And you've got Zito who surrounded them with some really, really complimentary and uh, solid talent. And now you've got a team that people are looking at like, wow, they, they gave Tampa a run for their money last year with a total hodgepodge shit show in goal and missing their best defender, one of the best in the league. And they gave the Stanley cup champs a run for their money. This is a team that is worth looking at. They might be one, you know, if you're a Gabriel Landis or a Seth Jones or whoever you're what you say, they might be a me away from getting that, getting over that hump and becoming a champion. And when you can be, when you can feel like you're that missing link when you can feel like that you can put a team over the top. Hell yeah. You're going to give them some consideration. Everybody's doing this to make a, to, to win a Stanley cup. You know, if you're good, you're going to get paid, whether you, you know, you might get, you know, a half a million here more or another extra signing bonus here more, but ultimately you want that Stanley cup. You want your name on the cup. You want a championship. And Florida is now a viable, legitimate option for hockey players to come and chase a championship now. And yeah, the, I can't remember if that's ever been the case. I, I, I was a little young in the nineties when, you know, that team was built, but I don't know if, you know, I remember when like Jan Van Biesburg was going to be a free agent and even just re-signing him was kind of a pain in the ass, not on his part. Cause they just couldn't afford to pay him. The team had no money. They were trying to build a new building. And so I don't know if this has ever happened in their history that they've been a desired place that could welcome them with open arms. I mean, they've got, you know, a little bit of money to work with. It's, it's a great, I feel like I keep regurgitating it. It's just a great time for Panthers fans to enjoy a successful team. And maybe, you know, a lot of us have never had that. I, I've never had that. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely. I, I, we, we've spoken about it before. You actually asked me how old I was uh, during in 96. I was three. So uh, <laughs> when, when that happened, so zero memory uh, of that. So of the three names that I named, what what would be your number one preference of if there if there was a trade for Tarasenko or Jones or a free agent signing of Landis Guy? Who who would be your ideal person to bring over to the Panthers? All right. Uh, well, I'll preface this with saying I'm only cool with any of that happening is if is if there's a way they can swing it cap wise to not mess with the Barkov and Huberto plans. Fair. First off, that's no that's bigger priority than any of those guys to me. Okay. Now, if not saying that it can't be done cap wise, which it very well could. So if it's finagled that it works out. So the, the options are Landeskog, Jones and Tarasenko. Tar- ooh, Tarasenko. Uh, give me Landeskog. Give, Landeskog. Me, Landeskog. give me the, the big two way guy, the sniper, the alpha, because you know, they don't Panthers, the Barkov and Huberto are their offensive guys, but I wouldn't really call either of them an alpha, like a hardcore 
like sniper, like, you know, like Tarasenko is like that. I just, he's just not consistent enough in the injury history and just not as, not nearly as comfortable there as I would be with Landeskog. But I mean, you bring me a, an alpha guy and just drop him into that wherever, whatever top six forward line, you know, obviously he's a, probably a top line guy, but so is Huberto. And, you know, they, you move him between the two lines. Um, defensively, I think between Ekblad, Weger, Forsling, uh, hopefully, you know, a Matt Kierstead or a John Ludwig or some of these guys that are coming up in the minors. But I mean, I think the Panthers, they're really built strong on the back line right now. And as far as putting them over the top, I think a Landis God would do it a lot more than a Seth Jones. Um, so hopefully I answered your question uh, well. <laughs> hey, your, your answer is your answer. So I, I, I can't, I, like I, I can't, <laughs> I can't give you crap for that. And as at this point, at this point in time, uh, there there's a little bit of contract disagreements between uh between uh landis Cog and the uh, colorado avalanche so we don't even know if he's gonna be back there and if you bring landis Cog there you'll have technically two captains on your team so you said it best alpha and you could you already have leaders in hornquist and stroman like we talked about earlier and if you could bring that into the mix then for sure for sure that that would be an awesome situation i don't know what the pay will be it'll, it'll be expensive but if that's going to get you over the top and it won't affect the long-term future, then I'm up for it. Definitely. Now that, that might be a tall ask, but again, mm-hmm. that, that's, that was my caveat. Mm-hmm. All right. So as we're recording this uh, for the, li- for the listeners to get an idea of when we're recording this right now, it's 5 PM on a Thursday night. So David and I at this point in time have no idea what the schedule looks like. The schedule is going to be released tonight. Yeah, it should be out. Should be out any minute, right? Yeah, it should be out any minute. We have, I have no idea what it's going to look like. So, do you have any idea of like what possibly opening night could look like for the Florida Panthers? I mean, I, I could take a pretty educated guess and say it's probably going to include the Tampa Bay Lightning because every single opening night is Tampa Bay. Yep. Um, although maybe maybe with Tampa being the defending champs again because you remember they were Tampa defending champs last year Florida didn't open with Tampa and it was the bubble and it was the weird season and I get that but I mean odds are it'll be Tampa just as it always seems to be but no I mean I'm curious it'll be nice just to see like a normal schedule again with trips to the west coast and you know you start if you want to you know I like to look at road trips and, and think about all that kind of stuff so it'll be fun to do that again um no, I mean, it'll be, it'll be interesting to see because apparently there's going to be two schedules. There's going to be an Olympic break schedule and a non-Olympic break schedule. So, you know, you got that too. And kind of on a little side note there, I don't know how you feel about that topic. I personally really, really, really hope that they, the, the league and the Players Association, and I don't know if the IOC is involved or not, but whoever it is that the parties are trying to figure it out, they figure it out because I love the Olympics in general but I love the Olympic hockey tournament. It's always so much fun to watch guys playing for their nation. And it, it's just, a, it's a little bit different than when you're playing for the Stanley cup. It's a, it's a different sense of pride and, and self and country. And I just really get into it. So hopefully they get it done and, and, they, and we're able to, to enjoy some hockey in the Olympics. Mm-hmm. I think it was Greg Wachinski of uh, ESPN that reported that there will be an Olympic break in the upcoming schedule. So we were a little bit deprived of it in uh, 2018, but it's definitely going to – I know I'm definitely going to have to get up really early because the games uh, next year are going to be in uh, Beijing, China. So that definitely going to – Remember the Nogin Olympics. Well, you probably don't because I guess you would have been five in 1998, but I remember being 15 in 98 looking at the old paper TV guides and like, oh, 
okay, Van Beesbrook might play at 3 a.m. And, you know, being 15, that's like impossible to do. Mm-hmm. With so, school. Um, yeah, all, well, that. You know, all that stuff. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. And, you know, fun little side thought and thinking about the Olympics and everything. Spencer might have a legitimate chance at playing for Team USA. Hmm. Yeah, I think, think he might, about. especially if he goes out next year in a strong rookie season for the Panthers. Yeah, maybe. Hmm. It depends how the timeshare is going to be split between him and Bob to start off. I think I think it could be 50-50 timeshare to start off, but I agree. I think to start off, you you gotta keep giving Bob a chance to like run with the job while you can afford to. Last season, they they basically had could afford to do it all year because Bob played decent enough and the team was so good that even on a bad Bob night, most nights they're winning those games. Um, so yeah, I think you gotta give Bob every chance he can to to be that guy. I mean, you're paying him 10 million bucks a year. You might as well hope that he can be that guy. It's just nice that, you know, they had that great insurance policy in Chris Trigger and now they've got it in Spencer Knight. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that I would expect like a 50-50 share. And if Knight goes out there and just starts like, you know, winning, boom, 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 you know, 20 saves, 25 saves, not, you know, 950 save percentage, whatever ridiculous things he was doing, um, let him run with it. It's a, it's a good problem to have as long as neither of them shit the bed. Did you know that Built Bar has so many delicious flavors? There's something for everyone. When you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. If you don't know the Built Bar flavors, well, you are missing out. There's coconut, cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. You want to know what my flavor, favorite flavor is of these selections? It's the cookies and cream. What? Cookies and cream, anything, ice cream, built bars, any anything cookies and cream related. Why not? It's a very obvious choice. If you haven't tried all the flavors, you can get a mixed box and you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are built bar flavors the best tasting, but they're healthy too. Check out the macros. 17 to 18 grams of protein. Calories ranging from 130 to 180, 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty and all healthy. There's also the grasshopper cookie flavor, which is like the classic thin mint cookie. All the flavor without all the sugar with 150 calories, 17 grams of protein, and only 5 grams of sugar. Order today and you'll get the grasshopper cookie or the raspberry or whatever you like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Isn't that great? So go to Built.com and use the promo code LOCK15 and you'll get 15% off of your next order. That's promo code LOCK15 over at Built. Com. Going back to the schedule, so for so for sure you'll be traveling with the team this upcoming season. Maybe a couple road trips. Uh, that's always kind of a fluid thing for me. I, I definitely won't be traveling the entire year. It's tough for me because I am kind of centralized, working at home for local time. But I hope to get out there once or twice. The last season before the COVID shutdown, I got to go out to to Vegas and Arizona uh, right before the shutdown, so that was kind of cool. But I'm definitely going to work in a, a few road trips next year. So that's why, like I said, I want to see the schedule just to see like what's the most viable. Sometimes you got to include the family in that as well. And, yeah, you know, that's okay. But, um, but yeah, I mean, just getting back to normal and hopefully we can continue, you know, to get there. You know, right now I know with Florida and a couple other States are kind of falling back 
with the, the COVID and all that. So you just hope that we don't, you know, it's not a huge fallback and we can continue progressing towards normalcy again. Um, Cause that's one of the best things about sports is, you know, going to games, going to stadiums, traveling around, just the different experiences, the different feelings you get in different venues. And it's just something that I, that I live for. I love it. Right. So, you know, I'm just really hopeful that we can get back to normal and, you know, get back on the road. Which leads me to this, which is the one city that you're looking forward to visiting the most outside. If, if you want to include Seattle, go That's ahead. The first one that popped in my head. So if you want, if you don't want, if you want to do other than Seattle, but that was definitely the first one that popped into my head. I haven't been there yet. Mm -hmm. I've never been to Seattle. So, okay. Other than Seattle, what <laughs> is the one city you're you, you love as a person to tour just to go around? What is, what is the one city that you, David Dwork like, like to go to? Uh, I mean, there's a lot, you know, there's so many great places, but I, I guess in terms of like having between sports and then having a ton of stuff to do and a lot of stuff in a relatively, you know, easy to get to area, I'd have to say like New York, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's just so much to do there. There's museums, there's Broadway, you know, you're not that far of a drive. If you want to go down to, to the Philly area and check out everything that there is there. Um, it, it's, and, and then in, in New York, you've got, you know, multiple baseball teams, multiple football teams, basketball teams, hockey teams, you know, they've got, you know, multiple of everything. Um, mm -hmm. So it's just kind of like one-stop shopping. Um, and I love the metropolitan area too. Now, if, if you're talking about in terms of like sightseeing or something like that, send me to Denver, send me to Colorado. Let me go visit the Grand Canyon. Let me go do some hiking. You know, it's beautiful, beautiful out there. But um, I just, I always, I love going back to New York. It's such a fun place. I've been to New York 12 times, so I know what you're, I definitely know how you're feeling there. Fam I got family there and uh, my girlfriend's family is in Syracuse. So de definitely go to both. I definitely go to both parts of New York, definitely a lot. And I I'm, I'm just glad, I'm just glad in general that I don't, I can go places without my car. <laughs> like I don't need a car. And as being a Floridian myself, I'm, I'm so tired of driving. <laughs> so New York is definitely a, a place that I, I definitely like going to visit. And we're, we're going to, I'm going to finish off with this last question. So with, with everything that happened with onside radio, no longer having a Saturday show, the trip the cats radio, which I miss listening to. I'd never listened to it live. I always listened to the podcast like um, after the fact when it would come out. So I want to lead, I want to lead with this. What's next for David Dork as far as, as, as your work when it, outside of like writing articles and the tripping the cats pot, the actual tripping the cats podcast. So what's next for you? Uh, you know, that's a great question. Um, I have, I've been kind of slowly planning on what to do with kind of integrating the podcast uh, with the radio show, just to kind of do the more regular thing. I haven't done any podcasting in the last couple of months. I, like I said, I kind of unplugged maybe a little too much and I apologize for that. Um, but I have been putting together a plan. I've got some, you know, some names of interviews that would be pretty cool that we could do uh, when the season gets going again. Um, there might be some other possibilities. Uh, again, there, you never quite know. And I, you know, I don't even want to say anything because, you know, I'm not sure what happening but there, there's always stuff going on and um whether it's through the traditional chirping the cats podcast or perhaps something new maybe maybe not we'll see but i will have more you know that content in addition to the articles and the social media and that stuff as well um you know it's it's a responsibility i feel like as somebody that came from being a fan 
and worked my way into the industry. Um, I, I understand, especially being Panther fans, there's not a lot of places to get your fix, right? Like Maple Leafs fans or, you know, Vegas fans, even for a new team, like there's multiple beat reporters, you know, dozens of podcasts, there's outlets, there's coverage with the Panthers, you know, there's not nearly as much, unfortunately. And there are some great podcasts out there and some good Panthers blogs, no doubt. Um, just, you know, there's only a few of them out there. There's not like, you know, they're not the oversaturation of a market that you get. So um, uh, the point I'm making is just like, I get that there's, there's a need for it. There's a lot of hungry Panther fans out there. And, and as somebody that's, you know, more plugged in than most, cause I'm fortunate enough to have the job that I have uh, I should be putting more content out there for you guys. So uh, as we get closer to the season, the wheels are in motion. I appreciate, you know, the patience, you know, for whatever that's worth, but, and I appreciate the nice things that you said, Mondo, um, there is more coming. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is, how can you not love doing this? Right. So yeah. I definitely be sharing it more. Um, so I appreciate that. And, you know, short answer. Yes, there's more on the way. <laughs> and I'm excited for you. That definitely. I, 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 you do, you do great work. You're a great mind. Lo love listening to everything you have to say, which is why I like bringing you on the show. So I, I want to thank, thank you so much, David, for coming on the show and, and coming on the podcast once again. So for my listeners, Tell them where they can find you online. Yeah, um, at Twitter, at David Dwork, D-W-O-R-K. I'm always on Twitter, lots of Panthers uh, information and you know a lot of daily coverage there. Uh, my, my written stories go on local10.com um, on the sports page. Just check that out. And then there's the Chirping the Cats podcast as well. Uh, that'll get going again as we get closer to the season. So you can subscribe, rate, and review all that good stuff. And and I'm always, you know, I always welcome people. If you got, if you have a question, you have a comment, you know, just try to try not to make it too nasty if it's a negative comment. But, you know, I'm always, I'm always happy to to talk, and I try to answer as many questions as I can on Twitter and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's that's it. Awesome. So yeah, send your questions to David. He's mostly in the know, I, I, or maybe always in the know. So depending on what he's willing to share. So definitely. So thank you once again, David. So. If, so for my listeners, if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the podcast so you'll be notified every single time the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast hops into your podcast feed. Make sure to also subscribe to Locked On NHL and the Crosscheck NHL show where they'll be covering the expansion draft recap, NHL entry draft, and all of free agency. And when you're done listening to this episode of Locked On Panthers, make sure you listen to today's episode of Locked On Bets. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked On Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's block of the day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts. Sarma Armando Velez with David Dork. And you've been listening to the Locked On Florida Panthers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Oh,